welcome to Mom Save America. My name is Tina Graff. I'm Carrie Lucas. We are a podcast dedicated to mom templating everything that sparks controversy, creates parenting challenges, and generally makes us go, what the fuck? Today on the podcast, we'll do a little bit of pop culture news, mom shares, and then I have one major mom templating topic of the day. So without further ado, I just want to get into first thing, Carrie, college drop off. Mm-hmm. You've already, you're done with it. Yes. And you're through it. I'm about to go through it next week. All my friends are going through it right now. Um, emotions are high. Mm-hmm. Emotions are running high in households. I listened to um, George Stephanopoulos' wife. Yes. Allie, what's her name? I don't know. She was hilarious. She was just like. Did they just take one to I think they sent their, their last one off. Okay. So now she's a completely empty nester. And she's like, just send me chocolate people. Like yeah. I'm in a. I'm going into a state of depression. And the thing that I am even trying to remember from last year, sending Henry off, it is such a shift in how you live your life. From mm-hmm. and, and it's a real serious change in your emotional, I don't know, your emotional state and how you look at things. Just give yourself some grace with that. It's hard. I feel like um, people either think you're devastated Yes. Being an empty nester or you're like, you know, a basket case. And I think it's more um, along the lines of a roller coaster. Yeah. Like there are times when I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) And then there's other times where I'm like, what? I'm just wandering around the house. Yeah. what, What am I doing? But the thing that you told me in the very beginning was it really is actually a roller coaster is the best way to describe it because within a few weeks, somebody's come home again. Yes. Like, it's just one of those things where you get settled into something. You you have this emotional goodbye. It's hard. It's painful. Especially with the first or the first person going off to school for the first time. They're in an emotional mess. Mm-hmm. So everything is back and forth. And then within a few weeks, somebody comes back home. Mm-hmm. It, it, and then it's Thanksgiving. And then it's It's like, it really does go fast. And you're like, wait, what happened? How did this all happen so right. fast? And that's the thing, if you can get through, like for, for us, I know, um, you know, she's there now, and in four weeks, we're going to be there again right. for a week to visit, and then in four more weeks after that, she's home for five days, and then in four more weeks, it's Thanksgiving, and then it's Christmas. I mean, it's ridiculous how short of an actual time, time period it is. You just have to get through, like, those bumps within each four-week period because there always is and there there will be and you just have to kind of know that there'll be an end to this and you have to get through the initial like overwhelming feeling like life has changed forever Ever. because yeah. in a way yes it has shifted they're never going to be in your house all the time anymore like they used to be mm-hmm. but it's still it's just a different shift and i don't i I certainly like where Henry is at now and his ability to manage himself and mm-hmm. do things. It's like, it's freeing. But, I mean, I feel like he, he, he's closer. It's like there's no, like, disconnect with him. You know, I don't right. feel like I'm disconnected from him. Like, I thought maybe I would feel. But who knows? I do think there is some benefit to, um, I know we're going to be talking about a topic in a little while about, you know, c- community and yes. sense of involvement and all that. But. I think there is sort of some benefit to having some sort of 
empty nester group yes. to get together. And oh, by the way, the people that aren't allowed to come are the people that are going to say, my child is doing amazing yes. and they're thriving. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. You're not allowed to no, come. No, you're not. You're no. Not, actually, you're not allowed and to talk about your children when you come to the empty well, nest club. you can talk about your children, but like just... You know, genuinely be honest, and and being part of a group like that isn't about telling us how swimmingly everything's yeah. going for somebody else. Totally, you know? totally. All right. Well, everybody who's going through it, good luck. A friend of mine just texted me. She she's she has five children. She just sent her first one off, and mm-hmm. you know, every year at the end of the summer, we were both the parents that were like, I don't kind of sad that summer's over I don't necessarily need my kids to right. go back to school I like the routine I like mm-hmm. having everybody around so she just sent her first one off and you know it's hard so good luck out there everybody all right my, well, my oh, quickly my yes. girlfriend from work she has twin daughters oh, that must be awful and they're going to two different schools yeah and yeah she's dropping one of them off um this week in Florida oh. she's like I don't know how I'm going to get back on the plane by myself. Yes. It's just overwhelming. Where's the other one going? Locally. Okay. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's like they're, they've, you got to watch them say goodbye. So right. it's just them, it's, it's a big deal. Like they're saying goodbye to their siblings. If they have a boyfriend or girlfriend, they're saying goodbye to that. Trish, my friend Trish mm-hmm. is, is right now moving her kid in and yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm in the mentality of um, burying my head in the sand. So you're saying, you know, your life has shifted forever, whatever. I try to not even go to that yeah. place. I have four weeks. That's what right. I do. Right. I do little blocks. But of you time. are very connected with your girls. Like they, you are in touch with them mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on in their lives, whether you are actually physically present with them or not. Right. So it's a different, you have a different. Relationship. And, and we do have to acknowledge how much um, the phone has helped yeah, stay in touch. Yeah, sure. FaceTime and yes. texting yeah. and everything. Yeah. All right, moving on. I want to mention a mom share for me. I, I was kind of schooled yesterday Okay. in, in the way I speak. I, okay. Right. And listen, I'm, I'm going to love this. No, I appreciate it sometimes. You know, it's not often you get uh, called out for something. Who's schooling you? Well, I, it's it's kind of a long story, and I don't necessarily need to go into who did it, but okay. it was basically, let's say it was a doctor. Like, it was a professional person. So they said your tone. They So I had, I had talked about sometimes the way I handle things with, chill, with our kids is my approach is, if somebody's having a difficult time, my approach is, well, what's the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. Like, let's go through it. Let's mm-hmm. talk about, like, if you fail that test or if you do that, and, and the, the person was like... Don't ever do that again. Like, oh. why, yeah, she said, why would you put the worst case scenario in their heads? Because it's never that bad. Be, but still, you've already now put that worst case scenario into somebody's head. So it doesn't matter if you are trying to get them through the part of it's not going to happen. Or even if that does happen, we can get through it. Now all they're thinking about is that worst case scenario. So she was she was trying to say to me. <laughs> and it was so funny. Oh, this is a, a lesson for me. Right? Me too. So she said, you have to, don't go there. Immediately go to the positives of how they are capable of handling, handling that situation. Okay, what are your strengths? How are, we gonna, how are you going to, well, let's figure out how to get through that instead of, don't worry about the worst case scenario that now I've put into your head. That now all that oh, you went in a totally different d- direction. I thought you were talking about um, the way you deliver a message. Yeah, well, you know what? I probably would have told yeah. her to fuck off because I'm like, this is how I deliver messages. That's never going to change. But I was kind of like, 
Interesting. And I, I'm always amazed at the point, you know, at 56 years of age, like, okay, I've just learned something really, yeah. really important. Because I've been doing that my whole life with the I kids. I feel like, back to the college situation, you and I have both been saying to both of our daughters, it's going to be horrible. Yes. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, but I just want them to know, because I don't want them to go in with this false sense of, this is going to be the best day of my life. I'm like, I want you to know. I think we're going to be horrible. We've done a disservice. <laughs> I fucked up. I told you. My kids always tell me I'm toxic. Like, I'm a dream killer. Like, There's this- I want to be on, you know, I'm Ava wanted to be on YouTube or TV when yes. she was little. So instead of encouraging that sense of creativity, I was like, you're never getting on TV. Stop the nonsense. Dream she could have gotten on well, TV. I've just watched this TikTok where this girl is like 20 something year old. She's like, you know what? Every day during my high school years, my mom would say to my friends or my Friends, parents, oh, I have the best teenager. My teenager's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, she would never, ever say, like, I'm struggling with I mean, my that's teenager. annoying. I'm just saying, it put, it made her, the teenager, think she, she was, was great. great. And, she and it was, makes the mother think her daughter's great, too. Right, so you put this positivity out there instead of the negativity. I'm just saying, I don't know. because I'm just, like, honesty. I, well, I'm just saying, I've, I'm already past it, so we fucked up. I've, it's over. It's over. I've already created people who need counseling. So I'm just going to accept that fact. But I just thought it was interesting. Our words, she's like, this is the way she said, language matters. It does. (laughs) Language matters. Your words matter. Really think about what you're trying to get them to do. You're trying to get them to overcome a a speed bump or a a glitch in their day and you want to help them do that by utilizing the strengths that they already have that you know that they have that they're capable of doing instead of I'm always like I can hand like I'm always a fixer so I'm thinking if this happens I can fix this if this case happens I know how to fix it right but they need to figure out how to fix it on their own right they need to know that even that and that they're capable they're capable of doing it number Mm -hmm. one and it and if if they're capable of doing it, and whatever the result is, that's okay. That re- The result of whatever they've done is an okay result. Right. No matter what. Instead of saying, well, if you fail, don't worry about Listen, it. Listen, I'm, I'm just doing the best I can. That's what I said to the woman. I said to her, I'm like, I'm just doing the best yeah. I can. She's like, no, no, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just trying to help you. I'm like, yep, you're right. Interesting. It, and, you're, and actually, she did. So I'm like, okay. Okay. The girls... Uh, informed me that there is a Snow White controversy. Oh, yeah, I, I've been following it. Okay, can you enlighten me on this Snow White controversy and I why? I don't know who this girl is, uh, but I also She's the girl from West Side Story. Yeah. Okay, push but, the microphone a little closer oh, to you. But Sorry. now I, yeah, I guess she was at the writer's strike. Okay, or so, the so, strike. Okay. The right? girl who's playing, who's doing the new Snow White in a new live action Snow White? Yes. Okay. She was at the writer's something. Sorry. Talk about a delivery. I think it was the tone. Okay. So she's on camera being like, if I'm going to wear Snow White's dress for 12 hours a day, I want to be compensated for that. None of what everything she's saying is wrong. Mm, it's your tone. Okay. So- and oh, by the way, the guy that's um, laying the bricks down on the sidewalk that you're carrying your picket sign over isn't feeling bad for you that you have to wear Snow White's dress for 12 yes. hours. Okay. Like, it's just perspective. Right. And you've... You're making statements to like a broad audience that problems are far deeper. Than so yours. is her point that she just equal pay, or is there a big feminist situation with Snow White? I think, no, 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 no. Her 
I th- well, what I'm viewing the controversy as is that um, it's it's her delivery and her tone. Okay. And she has also done a whole rant on, it's not going to be the original Snow White. It's, yes, this more motivated and powerful Snow White. She's not looking for a man to save her or whatever. And what I've heard people say that I actually really appreciate that the Barbie movie brought up is... Not every woman needs to be a superhero. Right. If Snow White's going to be happy living in that cottage, right. feeding animals and living Bossing around seven, seven men? Yeah. That's basically what she's doing. Talk yeah. about feminists. She's got seven guys working for her. Right. Like, it's sort of like, why can't our fairy tales... Be, like, why does every fairy tale have to sort of be rewritten into this strong, independent, yes. successful woman? It's yeah. okay to just... Be like I sort of feel like Barbie brought a lot of that. Right. If you up. want to be a homemaker and and make dinner every night for your family, great. Right. I mean, that is a you better find. Let's find a partner that also has that same mentality right. with you. Or if you want to be the one that goes out and work, mm-hmm. find a partner that wants to have a family with you that is it will support support that, as well. that too. Yeah, like, it doesn't really matter what you want to do. Just figure out how to build that. And create a, a family that works for you. I don't. I, don't know. I, I think the problem with just her specifically is it's actually just her delivery. And now okay. they're like cl- piecing clips together of different shows, sh- uh, uh, different eras of her life, and the way she like sort of talks and oh dear. addresses it. And it's like mm, so it's they're they've, they've they've destroyed they've her. destroyed her. Oh, that's that. I didn't know what was happening with there, but um, I thought it was a more of a feminist meme. But she's just de- describing like. She's sort of doing a lot of complaining, which is fine. They do deserve... She wanted to jump on the bandwagon, and she missed it. She missed the, the point of the bandwagon, I yeah, think. Yeah, like, and she wasn't the one to deliver the message. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens when that comes out. If that, I mean, right. Disney better get their shit together, because right. they've had a couple of flops. Elemental didn't work. I mean, Elemental I don't know. Elemental looked stupid to me. Did you see it? No, I didn't oh. see it. I haven't watched But, I mean, I don't know if Disney's had something decent since Encanto, right? The Mermaid was a huge hit. Oh, that, well, was it? I don't know. I think so. Okay, well, we'll see. My friend Jane sent me an article in The Atlantic, and the title of the article is Why Americans Are So Mean. This article, and there's a podcast that goes along with it, and I will put it up on my website. This article, it's going to be a difficult topic to really go through and do it justice, but here's the main idea, is we're all in this place of Americans are crazy right now, and Mm -hmm. we are being incredibly rude and obnoxious to each other. I mean, the riverboat thing, everything Mm -hmm. is just heightened. And the article starts off with, the journalist is basically saying, listen, I know there are there are issues that people have written about in the past. Technology with social media has created some issues. Sociology and the fact that we're, we're distanced from community mm-hmm. and that piece. And then there's the demographic piece where a lot of areas are becoming more diverse and white people are angry. Mm-hmm. But he goes on or she goes on to say, all of those things are factors, but there's a bigger, broader factor creating anger and uh, dissension in and among Americans. And there she is saying that it's the loss of morals in our society. I'm just trying to set this. a man. Oh, maybe it's a man. I don't know. I I didn't even read the byline. I didn't know who it was. I just wanted to make sure. You listened to the podcast. And it was a man. I, I only read the article. Okay. The idea that they're basically saying is that 
we have lost any moral fortitude in our society, and it's been slowly uh, degrading since World War II. Mm -hmm. It goes on from there as to, you know, how we started out as a country and, and where we're at now. It's a fascinating article. I want to dive into it a little bit. What was your initial takes on it, Carrie, before I go into my... I, I know I, I want you to go into your, your description, description okay. and, and, I'll, and I'll comment okay. on it. But I think it, it, for me, it's sort of like splintered off into so many other areas yes. of depression and sense of community and responsibility for others and all those other pieces that sort of seem to be and the political piece of it too is that why why do we have this you know group of people that are so angry and have formed this group we, because they don't feel they don't feel part of anything they, they don't they feel, feel seen and, yeah, and, and heard. heard there's two i want to start out with a couple of different quotes from the article and i'll read them and then we can go into them the first one starts out with we all know uh, a grand narcissist like trump mm -hmm. like the big yeah, narcissists too. It's it's clear, but there's something out there called vulnerable narcissists that are more common figures in our everyday life. People who are addicted to thinking about themselves, but who also feel anxious, insecure, avoidant, intensely sensitive to rejection. They scan for hints of disrespect. Their self-esteem is widely in flux. Their uncertainty about their inner worth triggers cycles of distrust, shame, hostility, sadness, loneliness, and self-harm turns into bitterness. Social pain is ultimately a response to a sense of rejection, of being invisible, unheard, disrespected, victimized. And when people feel that their identity is unrecognized, the experience registers as an injustice because in their minds it is. So people who have been treated unfairly often lash out, lash out and seek ways to humiliate those who they believe have humiliated them. Yes. So that's like the crux of what is happening to what uh, the, the description of the people that feel entitled mm -hmm. to do certain things to be mean and rude and i mean a woman was just shot in her store for hanging the pride flag right, right. in california mm -hmm. like we are in a bad place mm -hmm. anyways whoever wrote but that description is so amazing but it? i feel like that's 80 mm, percent of us yes like we're just struggling to get by so we are sort of only thinking about uh, ourselves in a sense yeah right of you know i gotta feed my family i have to pay my bills i have to do all like so you are in your own little bubble of that and then yeah you become really resentful and bitter why is this so hard why is this happening and you stop caring you stop about caring. other people so that is basically the you know the initial introduction to the article gives you that background this is where people are at right now so what is the solution what do, what do we need to do and mm -hmm. why are we that way and part of what the article goes into is that we've lost base, basic social skills mm -hmm. of being how do you welcome your neighbor into the neighborhood right how do you find your purpose in life outside of just your daily existence and America, it, it basically talks about the America was fun, founded on these principles of the moral fortitude. That was how we taught our, in education, morals and etiquette and being a, a good human being was part of our everyday curriculum in life. And uh, up until World War II. But it actually, here's the thing. I mean, granted, we had racism and all that other shit, yeah. but at least we had that stuff. But also, like, it doesn't need to be built into the school I think it does. curriculum. I'm saying it's just about being a good person. Like when you're a teacher and you see something going wrong, you take the time to pause 
within the. And I'm not but they're worried teachers. that the teachers are worried that their student is going to go home and talk to their parents and say, "Oh, Miss So and So, right, told me that right. I have to be a better kid, right, and 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 I was bullying somebody, yeah. and now the teacher gets in trouble, right? Now the, the parents at school yelling. Yes, and it's a vicious yells. cycle. It's, yeah. I know. I, I, that's the thing. Like, I feel like putting it in the schools is like a whole nother piece that the teachers just, I mean, you just got to be a good person. Like, teachers cannot handle this other piece that they're now instructed to teach. I mean, there's so many curriculum problems across the country of what everybody is agreeing is acceptable to teach and not teach. Who's going to make up this moral curriculum and what is that going to entail? But, and is it going to be religious based or spiritual based and how is what is that going to no, look like no but but the thing that's interesting is that it just always was versus the fact that now we have to figure out how to go get it like it always was part of listen you you because we're trying to do do too much at school it always was in the natural form but now there's just they're trying to do too much during that 6 because, 8 hour period no i agree but before it the moral fortitude was like you said, ingrained in everyday life, and now what's ingrained in everyday day life is only is self awareness. Just your your awareness of yourself. Psychology is about mental health, not moral growth. Right. It's about your own. And I get that we need mental health, but we're not also concerned with how you are impacting your world around you. It's. I have to go back to your your neighborhood thing that yes. you're talking about. Oh, I my husband and I moved into no. It's been twenty years. Yeah. Okay. But when we moved in to the neighborhood, everybody that lived there was an OG. Yeah. They, they'd lived there since their home was built. Mm-hmm. It was an older community, older people. They had a block party every year. Yep. Everybody knew everybody's names. There was a real sense of community among these yes. people. And then people like us move in, and my husband and I. Spent the night the other night. He was on the assessor's website. Okay. Because we have this amazing neighbor who's a boyfriend of somebody that just moved in. And he fucking knows everybody. Okay. Knows everybody's name. Oh, Judy. Oh, yeah. Baxter the dog. Knows. We're like, how do you know this? Yes. Like, you've been here a day. So my husband goes on the assessor's page and starts pulling up. Who's you know, who? We have our own names yes. for everybody in the neighborhood. Yes. You know, Goggles, Paisano. Yeah, yeah. Right. So he's like... <laughs> who are these people? Right. We're looking at... We're literally trying to memorize these people's names so that when we pass them, we can say... Oh, hello. Hello, Joe. It's been 20 years. You know what's depressing is I... We, we lived in a, old, a neighborhood over in, like, towards East Lexington. And on a little street, we knew everybody. Mm-hmm. I loved that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I had such a sense of community and purpose mm-hmm. as far as just when I would talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. If somebody new comes into the neighborhood, I bake them something and deliver it with a note. Here's my contact information, my email, my phone number. If you need anything, mm-hmm. this is who we are. What has happened to this neighborhood? I but don't it's know. not this neighborhood. No, it's not. Say. I think it's a lot of, like... You know, shift and change, and who's moving in, and and people segre- are too busy with their lives. Yes, and, and, and I don't have time to bake right, you the banana that, bread. That's Bye. just one, you know, one topic of it. It's I feel like in general we don't participate in community activities. That's only one piece of this moral fortitude that this guy is talking about. He's also talking about people used to actually get dressed for their day, mm-hmm. be dressed and be presentable and look presentable because when you do. People look at you like, 
you can handle a situation. You've mm-hmm. got things under control. But we have gone so far. And listen, I want to be comfortable too. I, I want to wear my sweats to the grocery store. But there is a certain amount of internal or external projection that happens when you are go out to the grocery store and you don't want to be seen. Yes. And so you're, you put, like, I don't. I put a baseball hat on and, yeah. and don't want to talk to anybody. Whereas before, anytime you left the house. Well, that's an outing. That's, Yeah. You went to, you got on a plane, mm-hmm. you were dressed. You went to a baseball game, you were dressed. Mm-hmm. And it's like we have shifted so far from, from that and personal character and how you look and what you want people, you want to project to the world is such a far cry. Like we look at some people who go out and we're like, oh, oh, okay. And, well, they, and they I don't want to judge, but the part of it is you're projecting something out there. Well, the, one of the two types of people that he describes, in at least in the podcast, was an illuminator and a distinguisher. Right. And the distinguisher just puts out your light and everybody else's light. An illuminator sort of comes into the room, and not only are you attracted to wanting to be near them and talking to them, but they want to illuminate you, yes. too. So it's, it's more about, like, dragging somebody along, like, I'm feeling really good and confident and I'm happy with who I am but I also want you to be happy too well, and you're I'm e- willing to yes. help you're either yeah. elevating a situation or you're deflating a situation yeah. and, it, and, and it really depends on your mood and your your whole mental attitude about how you come into a situation and that's certainly part of it too I feel though we don't teach our kids anymore how to be productive members of their community and I, I feel like that has gone completely away like well I pulled out this word from the article and it um it's a German word of course because German people are workers and it's called uh Bildung yeah and it's about um you're taking personal responsibility for your family friends neighbors and our planet right and that is should be everybody's Everywhere. responsibility. It's the article that says moral life is not defined merely by great deeds of courage or sacrifice in epic moments. Instead, a moral life is something that goes on continually, treating people considerately in the complex situations of daily life. So it's all it's about just in if you see somebody struggling, I mean we've talked about this before, but the reality of it is it has gone so far outside we go to the gym and get in the car and don't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that I that I know I've been trying to get you to come to F45. Well, one of the things about the F45 class that I go to is that, honestly, I feel like it's a community. Yeah. I feel like we all kind of know what's, you know, somebody was sick the other day and I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Mm-hmm. And somebody's car broke down and Bart's like saying you should go talk to this person. Mm-hmm. You can't do everything to help people, but they at least you give them a sense of, oh, somebody is thinking about me. Mm-hmm. Somebody is just concerned. And I know in certain work-life situations, we it's not completely gone, but in general, I think we, we really do a poor job of fostering a moral fortitude within our families and our community. And that is basically what the article is saying is that we since world war ii it has gone the shift has gone completely away from that and i think it's also important to note that it's um a particularly american problem exactly like they he was saying you know yes social media plays a huge part in this but social media is everywhere it's everywhere and remote work and covid and everything else yes that definitely plays a part into this but also 
This is a specifically American problem. It's true. Like all of those other issues that I mentioned in the very beginning, yeah, they happen across the globe, and yet we are the community that has these gun violence problems and issues Mm -hmm. in our communities. And yeah, certainly other big cities across the globe have certain amount of it, but not like Americans. Like we do here. Yeah, I think the other sort of piece that they talked about and why Americans were so mean and everything was that there's just this, you know, huge, huge rise in depression and, and, um, you know, mental health crisis. But I think he's quick to point out that as bad as some Americans have it, Mm -hmm. okay, and not diminishing anyone's life situation at this point. Right. 60, 70%, okay, have their basic needs Needs met met each day. And, like, he brought up um, the, you know, recent disaster in Lahaina Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, other places where there's natural disaster. Or Ukraine. He brought up Ukraine. And he was saying, those people aren't taking Prozac right now. Right. They don't fucking have time for that. Right. They are in a survival mode, and their community has gathered together, and there is almost like a sense of peace yes. like within that and it kind of reminded me of covid so to speak like as awful as that was yeah like now when myself and my kids my family look back on covid we're like oh let's go back to covid mm-hmm. times like we were doing zoom calls yeah. with everybody and playing games with each other like over facetime and watching movies together or like baking or like mm-hmm. you guys were building legos mm-hmm. there's sort of like that you sort of go back to that survival, back to basics mode. There's no time right. to wallow in self-pity or what What does my life mean or what is my life worth because you're just trying to right. get Right, and we day. shouldn't need a, a, a pandemic or a natural disaster to have that. Right. We should be able to create those community and emotional connections, mm-hmm. societal connections, as a, as a general rule and theme. The other point about having a moral fortitude within a community there's no question about justice moral having a moral fortitude you look at something as either just or unjust Mm -hmm. it's not an opinion if somebody is going to jail they probably shouldn't run for president right if somebody has 91 counts against them one of them's got to be true some right like that's but, but, sort of the silly thing of, of but the point of the rise of, of this the rise of this hate and bigotry and negativity away from a moral fortitude has created this ambiguity around justice around facts around right and wrong whereas before like even in the nixon era like they recognize oh this is bad mm-hmm. all the republicans looked at that and be like yeah, he, he's uh, he's bad news. Mm-hmm. He did some great things as a president, but in general, he's a racist pig and mm-hmm. was taping other people. Like, you can't do that. So, but we don't even have that anymore. Well, I think also that's a straight... So, one of the things with the Bildung in German yes. words is they talk about you must embrace knowledge, culture, art, science, and new perspective and truth. Yes. And that's really important. Like, yes, science, culture... Sharing a different perspective with another person and not having it end in gun violence or something like that—that that is part of building that sense of moral or your moral compass. I mean, you have to continue along that path of what what is actually real. The fact that the lack of moral fortitude has shifted or has created the—it's basically seen a lot in politics. That the quote that I 
pulled out. It says, we've shifted focus from the politics of redistribution to the politics of recognition. Political movements are fueled by resentment, by feelings that a society does not respect or recognize me. Political and media personalities gear up dramas in which our side is emotionally validated and the other side is emotionally shamed. The person practicing the politics of recognition is not trying to get resources for himself or his constituency. He's trying to get admired. He's trying to be the big man on campus instead of we don't look at what is the politics actually doing for my community no one can ever answer that question they don't care anymore and that's part of the problem it's about being sort of at this point voted the most popular right which is what running for president is it's who's the most popular at that time but after after you've been voted most popular or class president you actually have to do the work to continue to be loved and admired hopefully or you just yeah. continue to gather hate. Like authoritarian style leaders like Trump, Putin, etc. embody the kind of amoral realism. The evidence that a mindset assumes the world is a vicious dog-eat-dog place, life is a competition to grab what you can, force what matters, morality is a luxury we can't afford, or merely, merely a sham that elites use to mask their own lust for power. It's, a, it's fine to elect people who lie, who are corrupt, as long as they are powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. It's like we're not looking at the... There's this other amazing TikTok. Somebody who goes to like Afro and African village and tells these group of little boys, there's a... Mm, do you I see that? This. It's like there's... There's bananas at the tree. The first one who gets to the tree gets all the gets all the bananas, and they all get up hand in hand and walk together to get to the bananas. And the guy's like, "What? What? Why would you do that? If you went, you get all the banana bananas." And he goes, "Why would I want to eat all the bananas when my friends are going are to hungry. suffer? It made no sense to them." And it, that's but just, I think that is actually a perfect example yeah. of what I was just saying about the Lahaina and Ukraine thing. Yes, we don't have time to be selfish we're all creating a community here so that we can all survive together yeah the other thing that came out of the article it it talks about ted lasso did he talk about that on the no which oh by the way i just i spent the summer like redoing rewatching one through three and i just finished the season finale yesterday bawling all over it's but anyways the point of ted lasso being named in this article was that Ted Lasso is about an earnest, cheerful, and transparently kind man who enters a world that has grown cynical, amoral, and manipulative. And episode after episode, even though through his own troubles, he offers the people around him opportunities to grow more gracious, to confront their vulnerabilities and fears, and treat one another more graciously, gently, and wisely amid the lockdown. So his point in the article was that even through all this, there's art being created to help us see through Mm -hmm. this, that... To recognize that moral fortitude is the answer to a lot of these issues that we have. And it is also the answer to your own happiness. Yeah. Which is hard to sort of, in our sort of greedy, myself Mm -hmm. included, lifestyles of, you know, wanting more and doing more or whatever... It's hard to realize that's that's not the path and the path is... Being a good, solid, moral person. It's hard to remember, but I I, tr- I used to do this more, and I, I feel like I've gotten away from it, too. But I would say to the kids, like, you don't understand how good it feels to help somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, you will feel better than actually getting the gift mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. or doing, like... 
by doing something for somebody else, it's there is such a euphoria. Whether you get recognized or not, that's not the point, is that you've now assisted somebody, whether it's in a conversation, a compliment, a handout. I don't care what it is, but if you've done something, the feeling that you get will last you days. Yeah. You just don't... And, the and it doesn't... And, and the thing, too, like we've talked about on this podcast before, it doesn't even have to be like a monetary it does talking about how good it feels when you tell somebody you love their outfit yeah they turn around and are like thank you yeah like just little moments like that make someone's entire day. day that's the basic part of the article that's saying we have to go back to training our society to have a moral fortitude that character matters so much your personal character matters where we've lost that like Mm -hmm. where we've talked all that matters is how much money you have and we've gone away from that as a society because our morals have shifted right our morals aren't about how what a good person you our morals used to be you got to go fight for your country you participate in your church community Mm -hmm. you take care of your neighbors Mm -hmm. now it's just about how fucking big is your house Mm -hmm. and your boat and whatever else you have out there and it's well and to some extent i haven't you know traveled the world much at all but i think that is why it is somewhat of an american issue is when you go to like a european country everything is their home is much smaller i mean you know 800 square feet for you know a family of three or four like it's a everything is sort of scaled down don't need all this shit they don't need it they're not tied down by it they're not burdened by it it's just a different way of living Life. Speaking of, Grace said she wanted to move to Switzerland, and she's like, I've researched Switzerland. She's like, Mom, do you know that they have a noise ordinance? If you're in like a, if you're in a building on Sundays, you can't flush the toilet or play loud. Like, there's no noise oh. on Sundays. So if you're in a, like a community, well, the toilet is a bit excessive. <laughs> the toilet she's needs like, to be flushed. Oh my god, you can't mow lawns on Sundays. You can't do anything. Like, that would create, disrupt the peace. Well, I go, oh, no, is Switzerland off your list now? <laughs> it's just like, maybe. You think back to, remember when everything was closed on Sundays? Like, Sundays yeah. was just not a day for, like, the mall was closed. Everything. Everything was closed. Yeah. Now I would be furious, outraged if like, something was closed on Maybe, a but maybe we'd have to get used to it and Kind of like COVID. You would, you would adjust. You would adjust and be like, yeah, you don't need... What we do you need, need on Sunday yes. to actually and go... maybe and, it's just a day of rest. It's a day not, to spend with your family. Yeah. I try to tell the kids that, like, Saturdays and Sundays, first of all, we weren't allowed to go anywhere until everything was done in mm-hmm. the house. And Sunday, we got up, went to church, and had dinner with one relative or another relative. Mm-hmm. And then maybe at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we were free to go do and do else. what we wanted to do. But that well, was just, that, you know. That's a community. I mean. Well, that's just the way, you know, they grew up. So we grew up that way. And I don't know if I necessarily rebelled against what If you don't live near you know, your family, which we didn't, then how do you kind of create that? But I do think part of it is expectations. And that's the thing. It's like, I think we've lost any real expectations for uh, good behavior from Mm -hmm. people. And no one, you know, if you call somebody out on it, then you're a Karen. And I get that. But there's a certain amount of Johnny, you 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 have to look at somebody in the eye and shake their hand, or Sally, whoever, I don't care, not boys or girls. Kids who just disrespect adults or mm-hmm. talk over adults, or it's like we, we've lost teaching our kids how to actually be members of the community, listen, be respectful of adults, but also you can 
question authority. That's not the that's what I'm trying to say. But do it in a respectful way. Well, uh, we talked about this before about you know that I think the Karens are having a menopausal break. Yes, but also. When th- when those events are happening, yeah, okay, and there's twelve people recording that person, yes. How about one person in the group be an upstander, yeah, and say, "Is there a way I could help you ease out of this situation?" Better? Yes. How can I make this better? And sometimes there isn't. Sometimes right. they're it's they're seeing red. They've left their body. It's not a natural thing. But it does seem alarming that there doesn't ever seem to be anybody in the video going... No, we all want the salacious moments. Yeah, how can we help you make this stop? Like, what would make you feel better right now? Yeah. And that's not necessarily patronizing the person that's having the bad behavior. That person that's having that excessive bad behavior, that's not normal behavior. There's something behind that going yeah. on. No, there's I mean, an anger and dis- and, mm-hmm. and resentment for other things that have happened that they've just brought to that day at that moment against that person. So. Yeah. The other thing he does talk about uh, on the podcast is um, resilience in our children and that we're really not teaching our kids to be resilient anymore. And we're doing all sorts of problem solving or avoiding conflict. And I do think that is a generational thing. Like, we joke all the time, if you're a kid who grew up in the 70s and 80s, you were on your own. Yeah. So you're like over adapting. Over adapting. Trying yes. to make it not that type of sure. life for your kid. And in doing so, you've taught them that they're not capable of doing anything. Sort of what you were saying yes. in the beginning about the doctor saying, you know, let yes. them figure this out. And how can I be resilient? And I mean, he relates it to, you know, peanut allergy, which oh, is so funny. Amazing. You know, are always joking about the peanut allergy. I know some kids have a real peanut allergy, but his point is the reason they have a real peanut allergy is because you protected them from peanuts right. for four years. Right. And now it's become right. this major thing. And you could relate that to sort of anything in your child's life. If I protect you from everything, then when you're confronted with something, you are completely incapable of solving that yeah, problem. Yeah, you have to sprinkle peanut dust you have to sprinkle <laughs> disruptions in their sleep schedule you have to tr- mm-hmm. you have to sprinkle problems into their and it can be very gently sprinkled in and there listen, you don't need to sprinkle it they're going to come your way you well just of course can't try to always yeah fix solve yeah and that's not easy no and i'm guilty of it Me just too. like you and i regret a lot of fixing but part of being a parent is also creating a full-grown adult. Yeah. Oh, and decent human beings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to say when when confronted with a lot of shit early on in my elementary and middle school years with parents who kids are going to Russian math and doing all these mm-hmm. other things, and no, I'm not judging you for doing that. Mm-hmm. And my kids would say things to me like, I don't do that, or I can't do... And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, like, what right. I care is that, if, are you on the playground playing with everybody? Right. Are you an, a good, solid human being in the world that's all i freaking care about grace did this thing with me um i guess it's a trend on tiktok like are you a strict parent and they she asks me a bunch of questions and i have to react like if she got a c what would i do Mm -hmm. and i'd be like i probably wouldn't do anything you'd beat yourself up a whole lot more than i would beat yourself i don't if you tried i could care less if you got a c if she snuck out of the house and went to a party i said i'd be shocked because we're constantly encouraging you to go to parties, mm-hmm. and I'd be weirded out that you would feel like you needed to, to but right. I, I'm like, I, we, so that, and then she's like, what What happens if I got my car towed and it was $900, would you pay for it? And I go, 
Well, first I'd ask if you, were you in danger? Did you have to park in a place that was like a no parking zone because you were worried or something like, she's like, mom, you're supposed to be. I go, no, I I don't care about those things. Yeah, the questions she's asking you aren't relevant to your family If you said to me, I left 17 cups in my room full of half-drank shit, would I lose my fucking shit? Clean up your goddamn room. But those other things, no, I don't don't care about. Like, I care Mm -hmm. about your person. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make is that we have to look at our kids and worry more about how they act in the world versus their grades and their school that they're the going to go to and, yes. the co- and how well they play fucking soccer. Mm-hmm. Like, how about, is your kid a decent kid? Right. I'll post the article on the Mom Save America website, but it's in the Atlantic. Jane, thank you for sending that off to me because it was a really, it really hit me, um, hit me in the feels as far as understanding that combined with this doctor basically telling me my words matter, it really was yeah. like, oh, a little wake-up call this week. So, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it. See you, Wilty. Bye, Bye Wilty. Bye.